Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. United States to invest 30 million U.S. dollars in Jamaica. Dominica regains ownership of Seoul Electricity Company. St. Lucia seeks full membership at Caribbean Court of Justice. The OECS Assembly's six sitting shifts environmental sustainability into high gear. Direct flights from U.S. mainland to British Virgin Islands expected soon. And CNW brings Paramount Plus to 15 markets in the Caribbean. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, March 31st. We start a report today in Jamaica. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica is set to benefit from 30 million U.S. dollars worth of investments from the United States. The development came following a meeting between U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris and Prime Minister the Most Honorable Andrew Holness at the White House on Wednesday, March 30th. The investment by the U.S. government includes 20 million U.S. dollars to boost commerce between the two nations and a further 10 million to address the human capital development and violence reduction for at-risk youth. Prime Minister Holness said the areas of cooperation discussed by himself and the vice president included violence prevention through intelligence and information sharing and investment in violence reduction programs targeted at-risk youths, human capacity development, particularly in relation to cybersecurity and digital technology and regional energy security and infrastructure. He said the vice president, Harris, has also committed to further support the health sector and the country's coronavirus-19 recovery efforts. The vice president expressed agreement for the establishment of working groups between Jamaica and the U.S. to discuss the issues unique to the island and to continue dialogue. The prime minister is expected to return to the island on April 3rd, following several meetings with congressional members. Barbados Today reports that the Dominican government on Wednesday announced that it had acquired its majority shares in the island's electricity company, Domlec, following discussions that began a year ago with the Canadian-based energy company, Amera Incorporated. Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt in a radio broadcast did not disclose the amount being paid for ownership of the utility company, but noted that on several occasions he had expressed publicly the need for us to take greater control of our energy security and correct a historic wrong, returning Domlek to the ownership of the Dominican people. Skerritt told the nation that the former Dame Eugenie Charles government had acquired a majority shareholding in Domlek from from the Commonwealth Development Corporation, but was later sold back to the Commonwealth Development Corporation in 1997 by a United Workers' Party administration. He said 72% of the new shares were sold for 21 million EC. We are also exploring the potential for further development of our geothermal resources. We have two consultancies ongoing at the moment, supported by the World Bank, where we are doing a gap analysis of the legal, regulatory, and institutional framework for geothermal and conducting a market analysis of downstream use of geothermal, in particular, the use of heat, Skerritt stated. 
The St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports that St. Lucia has signaled its intention to become the fifth Caribbean country to have full membership in the Trinidad-based Caribbean Court of Justice, which was established in 2001 to replace the London-based Privy Council as the region's final court. St. Lucia's acting Governor General Cyril Errol Charles delivering the traditional throne speech at the start of the new parliamentary term told legislators that the government is committed to addressing our destiny as an independent nation both tactically and tangibly. This year St. Lucia will take steps towards ascension to the appellate jurisdiction of the Caribbean Court of Justice. We are thus expected to become the fifth CARICOM member state to replace the Privy Council with the Caribbean Court of Justice. The draft legislation for the amendment of St. Lucia's Constitution to allow for ascension has been prepared and will soon be available for public scrutiny, the acting governor added. All of CARICOM countries are signatories to the original jurisdiction of the Caribbean Court of Justice, which also serves as an international tribunal interpreting the revised Treaty of Kaguramas that governs the regional integration movement only Barbados, Guyana, Belize, and Dominica have signed on to the court's appellate jurisdiction. He said St. Lucia is also moving towards strengthening regional institutions and that the government intends to strengthen functional cooperation and integration particularly at the level of the Eastern Caribbean sub-region. The Organization of Eastern Caribbean States concluded its sixth sitting of the OECS Assembly on March 18th at the House of Parliament in Antigua and Barbuda. In attendance were elected representatives from both government and opposition parties in member states. At this year's sitting, the primary matter for consideration was environmentally sustainability with a focus on climate change under the theme, The Shift embracing new platforms and innovative models for leadership in sustainability. At the commencement of the meeting, Chairman of the OECS Authority and Prime Minister of Grenada, Dr. Keith Mitchell, addressed the gathering virtually. He reminded the gathering of the necessity of the region organ, considering recent global events, and commended the strides made to deal with recent crises, particularly the COVID-19 pandemic. He stated our circumstances and unique vulnerabilities as small islands developing states demand particular attention and creativity as we continue to navigate and strive amidst an ever-present and emerging crisis and development challenges. Following the chairman's address, Prime Minister of Antigua and Barbuda, Gaston Brown, welcomed the members of the assembly and underscored the importance of the sitting as regional leaders sought to address the vulnerability of Caribbean islands to affect climate change. In his dialogue, he stated, the two monsters staring down Caribbean governments are debt and vulnerability. Four international guest speakers addressed the assembly were Lord Goldsmith, Minister of State of the Pacific and the International Environment in the UK government. Mr. David Barron, co-founder of the International Conservation Caucus Foundation Group. Simon Kofi, Minister of Justice, Communication and Foreign Affairs in Tuvalu. And Samea Shukrai, Foreign Minister 
of Egypt and president-designee of the upcoming COP27. The assembly sitting was supported by the European Union and the International Caucus Foundation Group. The EU is currently financing the biospace project, which seeks to conserve marine biodiversity, and the ILM project, which seeks to conserve terrestrial biodiversity. Both projects are being executed in nine OECS member states. The International Caucus Foundation Group recently signed a Memorandum of Understanding with the OECS at the COP26 in Glasgow, Scotland, to collaborate towards building political will for environmental conservation in the Eastern Caribbean. Bahamanews.net reports that the ministers from Latin America and the Caribbean met on Wednesday to foster healthy diets, galvanize inclusive rural development to promote sustainability and resilience agriculture in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as to discuss ways to mitigate the impact of rising food and fertilizer prices on the region, the world's largest net food exporter. The food and Agricultural Organization of the United Nations, 37th Regional Conference for Latin America and the Caribbean, which is hosted by the government of Ecuador, is an opportunity for us to coordinate in a consorted fashion the protection of the resources of social capital and the economy that depend on agricultural production, said Guillermo Lasso of Ecuador. The food you produce and export will influence the nutrition of hundreds of millions of men, women, and children within and beyond the shores. The governing body meets every two years. They offer a forum for members to identify key priority areas of work and provide guidance on the effective implementation of the Strategic Framework 2022-2031 in line with regional specificities of Latin America and the Caribbean. The Director General emphasized that the strategic framework for 2022 to 2031 offers a clear roadmap to move towards more efficient, more inclusive, more resilient, and more sustainable agri-food systems for better production, better nutrition, a better environment, and a better way for all, leaving no one behind. The priority themes for the regional conference are sustainability agri-food systems for healthy diets for all, prosperous and inclusive rural societies, and sustainable and resilient agriculture. BVI News reports that the British Virgin Islands Premier Andrew Foy announced that with the expansion plans underway for the Terence B. Letsom International Airport on Beef Island and the Taddy Bay International Airport in Virgin Gauda, the government of the British Virgin Islands has been receiving favorable responses from airlines seeking to conduct direct flights from the United States mainland directly to the British Virgin Islands. While speaking at a recent media briefing, Foy said the government has been writing to airlines encouraging and inviting them to conduct direct flights between the Virgin Islands and the U.S. mainland, utilizing the current runway length at the Terence B. Letsom International Airport while expansion work continues. The feedback has been positive from all the airlines contacted. One particular airline is presently expanding its fleet and is optimistic about starting this service by the end of the third quarter of this year 
Based on discussions taking place, the others are looking at their fleet configuration, Foy said. Another airline which heard about what we're trying to do reached out to us because they have recently made some additions to their fleet, and they now have an aircraft that is capable of conducting flights between Beef Island and Miami, possibly three days per week, the premier continued. The Virgin Islands Free Press reports that Paramount Plus has announced an alliance with CNW Communications, the communications and entertainment provider in the Caribbean, to bring its content exclusively to subscribers of Flow and BTC Video Services in more than 50 new markets, including Anguilla, the Bahamas, Barbados, the British Virgin Islands, Cayman Islands, Curacao, Dominica, Grenada, St. Kitts and Nevis, Trinidad and Tobago, Turks and Caicos Islands. Additional markets may be added in the future. As a part of their subscription, Flow and BTC customers can watch Paramount Plus catalog through Flow's service, giving access to renowned brands and production studios, including Showtime, BET, CBS, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, Paramount Pictures, and the Smithsonian Channel, all commercial free. And finally, St. Lucia Times reports that 400 people have already signed within less than 24 hours the launch of an online petition on Wednesday is calling for a ban on hunting and killing sea turtles. According to the petition, research has shown that sea turtle ecotourism can generate three times more income than selling sea turtle parts, including eggs, meat, and shells, making the animals worth far more alive. It noted that 195 countries worldwide, St. Lucia is one of only 42 that still allow turtle hunting. In addition, the online measure observed that St. Lucia's beaches are nesting grounds for four species of sea turtles listed as endangered and critically endangered on the International Union for Conservation of Nature, Redless, and predicted to go extinct within the next 20 years. What makes their struggle to survive even harder is that as few as 1 in 1,000 sea turtle hatchings reach adulthood. And for a few that do survive, they have to wait 25 to 40 years until they reach maturity and are able to reproduce, it stated. Current local regulations in St. Lucia allow an open season from October 1st to December 31st and a closed season from January 1st to September 30th. There are also provisions for weight limits, gear restrictions, and protection of eggs and nesting turtles. But despite the provision, a seed fishery survey launched two weeks ago by the fisheries department observed that poachers and fishers continue to harvest sea turtles illegally. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, March 31st. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.